a democratic republic of sports. The Sportsocracy with ESPN Asheville hosts Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. Welcome to Sportsocracy. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green with you. It is Tuesday morning and we are cold as hell. It is frigid in the mountains of Western North Carolina and here at the Wicked Weed Studio. Wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. We got a lot to get into, into today. We've got the Washington football team making that. Hey, oh, Patrick Holt, how, how you feel right now? <laughs> uh, Marty Hardy, he's got a job again. Back yeah. with Ron Rivera in the Washington uh, in the Washington D.C. area. Holy hell, that's going to work out swimmingly. We got. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot of things that we're looking at going, we keep doing this, why do we keep doing this? Right. There's a lot of topics today of, don't do that. Yeah, just don't. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get into all the discussion about the uh, weekend games in the NFL. We've got, uh, of course, the Washington football team hiring a general manager. Deshaun Watson is going somewhere. I'm and getting more and more convinced of that. The, well, I mean, he's going to force his way out. He's already seen... The, the path has already been laid in his own city for this to happen. Uh, James Harden forcing his way out of Houston, which that's worked out pretty well, by the way. Um, pretty hot early start for that one. Uh, you know. And then you got the New York general manager. The New York Mets general manager. Don't press send! Holy hell. Don't do that. How are, how how does this keep happening? This is just like athletes drinking and driving and all of that. How does this keep happening? It's <sighs> not a good look for anybody. The New York Mets have immediately fired their general manager, Jared Porter, after finding out that he apparently was sending what did the how did the AP put it? Uh it, it was a naked erect penis. Uh, pictures of a naked erect penis. As opposed to one in a top hat doing a little dance. Make them laugh! Make them laugh! <laughs> Just throw a shirt on that thing and you'll be fine. It's, Put a top hat on it. You wouldn't have been fired. <laughs> oh, God. Guys. Guys. Stop doing this. I, I, I'm starting to come to the, to the position of, you know, we're business owners now and we can, when, when we interview people, I think that's going to be my first question in an interview is have you ever sent a picture of your naked erect penis to a woman unsolicited? Uh, uh, that, that's an interesting way to start. But okay. I mean, hey, it's, it just sit down. Hi, uh, we have this opening for a sales position. How are you today? Uh, have you ever sent a picture of your naked erect penis to a girl unsolicited? Uh, if the answer to that is yes, you're you are disqualified. You are disqualified from, uh, I, from the workforce. So I'm going to be honest. I have put a little, uh, th there's a, what do they call those when they put them in movies and people won't necessarily notice them? Easter eggs. Easter there eggs. is an Easter egg in the, the production of this show. First person to notice it, I'll, uh, I'll send you a, a shirt or some show swag or something. First nice. person to notice it. Nice. If you, if you don't already know what I'm talking about, you've already missed it. It will happen again. <laughs> Oh, Alexander already got it. Oh, nice. Son of a... See, that's what happens. We got smart We got. We smart do viewers. have smart viewers. So, Alexander already got it. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the opener had Brett Favre, and the, uh, the closer has a, a, another athlete that has m made some mistakes doing this same thing. I just don't understand. I mean, it's, it's been how many years that that uh, Herman Edwards video don't press has, in. has been circulating on the internet. It's and look. I used to have a stand-up bit about this. It's because we made it way too easy. You don't have to go buy stamps at the post office anymore. You don't have to look at the guy at the one-hour photo hut that developed it. There's none of that. Now you're just waiting for scene and little bubbles, mm -hmm. the little the little conversation bubble. Stop doing that. Right. We get that you're proud of it, but not everybody cares. Really. I mean, it's kind of like pictures of ugly kids. You don't want to see pictures of ugly kids. We get that you're proud of them, but you keep those pictures to yourself. <laughs> you keep that to you. And you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those people are like, look at my kid! I'd rather uh, not. No. Please don't make me. No. I don't want to. No. 
I had a guy try to show me pictures of the uh, delivery one time. Nope. No. I would have punched you Don't in the care. face. Don't care. Nope. Don't, it's just like when, people, when people harm themselves. Like, if you hurt yourself and go, oh, look, I just gashed my arm wide open. Don't show it to me. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I don't like blood. I'm very squeamish. Right. That's the reason I didn't become a doctor. I became a sports dog show host because I don't I have to do, deal with those things. <laughs> There is, uh, there is apparently a zero-tolerance policy with the New York Mets on this now that Stephen Cohen is in charge, which is, which is a good idea. I think, I think we're all safe. We should all, be, we should all have no zero-tolerance policies for this. Yes! No! <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going to have to... By the to, way, this I'm is the only way you'll ever get me to talk about baseball. <laughs> it has to be a story like this. This is the only way I'm doing it. Not true. You got baseball in, in the A segment of this show. And you know what it took? That. That is what it took. I'm going to have to defer to you, though, because I, 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 I've never done this before. And I, I, always you told you, I always told you I would never talk balls and strikes. However, I will. <laughs> t- <laughs> Had to go there. Uh, Need you, Chop. I'm in a mood this morning. I've been up since five. He's just slanging Judy's on a Tuesday slanging morning. Slanging Judy's. Jesus. Regular can of bagger, you say? No, says I. No, I, uh, I, I really want to know. I mean, what is the, what is, what is the allure to that? I, I, I have no Why idea. Why would you do that? There are a lot of things in life that people do that I cannot wrap my head around. Why or like, at what point did you go? Let's do that. People that squat their trucks on one side, like, and it looks like there's a load of gravel in the back, never understood how you look at something and go, let's do that. That'll be fun. Never understood that. Uh, I have never understood uh, grown men that wear kilts in public. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. Is, is it like a fashion statement? Do you, I, I don't get it. Uh, it. Actually, I can I can feel this one because I've got an uncle that wears uh, kilts, and of yeah, course it's did. because it's because he doesn't want to put on pants. <laughs> I, look, I, and I, it's like I, because I had to ask him, you know, when he it's a, a marriage arrangement. It's not a blood relative and. I had to ask when it first came up, like, you want to wear a quilt to to a wedding. A kilt, not a quilt. There's a very large large difference in wearing a quilt and wearing a kilt. Sorry, his wife quilts as well. One has a buckle and... uh... When she quilts him a kilt, I will let you know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's all it is. It's, It's old men... Not giving a shit about anything else and just wanting to be comfortable. I saw. Oh, another thing that I don't understand: the person that goes to the gas station with fourteen people behind them and buys ninety-four lottery tickets one at a time. I am silently plotting all the ways I could kill you <laughs> in gruesome fashion. Uh-huh. Like none of them are good. Uh-huh. I mean, none of them are like are just strangle you. Yeah. It's like beat you in the head with a Twix bar. Yeah. Yeah. I had one try to buy uh, $90 worth of lottery tickets and change. Comment anything anything that you feel is in this same realm. Comment it in the comments. I will make uh, funny observations about it. I am a comedian. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we're uh, I'm glad we're weeding these people out. Jared Porter, the GM of the New York Mets, fired immediately upon finding out that he sent uh, dick pics. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm saying. So you hired him. You had no idea. And then, what, what, three months later? It's been, what, two or three months since they hired him? Yeah. Now that comes out. I mean, and look, I'm, I don't claim to be a baseball fan. I don't in any way say that I'm a baseball fan. As a matter of fact, I've made it very clear that I'm not. But if I had a, a, a baseball team, it would be the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're the team that does this. <laughs> because I'm not allowed. Look, the minute that God, that, that God allowed me to have... A show and my own opinions. He went. All of your teams suck forever. You're not allowed. To, no more fun for you. You get to make fun of people and fun of other teams, but no more winning for you. Do you realize since we started this show, I have like six combined wins total <laughs> across every sport I like. I have like six combined wins. Nice. Counting Florida State basketball. No, they play so many games that I couldn't count them, and it'd still be funny. Ah. They did beat, uh, they, they did, oh, oh, <laughs> ponytails and earrings on dudes plus 50 years old. I, I'm not going to lie, I don't get that either. That was my dad. Yes. That's my other uncle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why do you think I said it out loud? <laughs> 
I saw a few in, in the comments, and I went, got one. Found one. We come from a fun family. Yeah. There's a fun dynamic between the two of us. Oh, there are way more comments than I thought there were. You keep talking. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna read for a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna line up my next joke. You uh, yeah. This you, doesn't this, this this just doesn't really give you any hope or all that much hope for the future. I mean, it's great that they're taking the stand on it, but you just hired this guy a month ago. He was hired on December 13th. Yeah. And you didn't do enough background to figure this out beforehand. Um, and again, you could have solved this problem if you just fucking asked him the question at the beginning of the interview. Like I said, you should. Oh. Have you ever sent a dick pic? Yes. Bye. Uh, Adam Black, I see you. Good for you. I, I, I'm not going to say that out loud. Yeah. I saw that one. <laughs> I will give you the Chuck Norris. Ah. <laughs> that, that wasn't you stopped... I, I'm was, waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to join the conversation here. Uh, well, you're talking about baseball, so I don't oh, really care. See, this is how I this is how I plotted the baseball discussion. I'm gonna let you talk about baseball, and I'm gonna make jokes in the comments. So ah, you, you talk to ah, yourself. I see. That's another one you, of those. You talk to your little planning, your there, planning right? stuff out in your head. It's mm -hmm. always a always a great idea uh, <laughs> to never communicate. Do you have this problem with your spouses at home? Uh, I, I, have, this, I am I, not your spouse. I have this problem like more with my uh, with my work spouse than I do with my spouse spouse. I communication don't have that is the key to a good relationship. Uh, I have great communication with my spouse. We're we're lockstep with each other. Right. Actually, she's become as screwed up as I am, and I am here for it. What I want to know today is: Has anybody called to check on uh, Auto Porter? Yeah, because it's or, a real bad day to have the last or, name Porter. Or Michael Porter Jr. Or uh, Terry Porter? Is he still around somewhere? Yeah, between Kevin Porter and uh, what's his name, Jared Porter? Yeah, it was yeah. a it was a don't drink oatmeal porters. Don't do anything with the word porter in it. It's bad. Drink you a nice saison from Wicked Weed. We'll it will we'll reinvest in the porters next week. <laughs> uh, because it's not good. Kevin Porter one slinging Jr. food, one slinging right. things. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers, he got pretty pissed off the other day, and they went, "We're not putting up with your shit. Uh, get yeah. the hell out of here." Yeah, go, you're not good. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You can. You know who can throw a sandwich? Good players can throw a sandwich. Yep. Uh, guy averaging two points has been away from the team for three weeks. Probably shouldn't throw a sandwich. Just throwing it out there. Yep. Uh, they. <laughs> he showed up to work after the Torian Prince trade. And he was just like rejoining the team coming off of injury. And he shows up to the locker room and they had taken his locker away. Torian Prince now has his locker and Kevin Porter Jr. was going to be shuffled off to the uh, the auxiliary locker room. Because, Which is you know, basically everything... a nice way of saying an, an ancillary bathroom on the third floor. Yeah, he got office space. Yeah, he got George Costanza. You have to get ready in the KFC bathroom across the street. Look, if you thought it was rough NBA players trying to fight for position on the depth chart, these guys are fighting for space in the, in, in the big boy locker room. So Kevin Porter Jr. gets sent down to the JV locker room and got pissed off about it and starts pitching a fit and throwing food and stuff. And they went, fine, pack your bags. Fine, get your shit and go. <laughs> By the way, uh, for, the, for those people that have asked what this show's going to look like when football season's open. Bingo. Done. Done is the word I meant, not open. It's not fucking hunting season. I've been away for way too long and there's enough caffeine in me right now to, pour, to power a Mack truck. So... The fact I'm not running around the desk is kind of... <laughs> you can't stand up and go, I was a first-round draft pick. I deserve to be in the big boy locker room and not expect somebody to laugh in your face. Like, maybe if you had earned it? Well, here's the thing. Kevin Porter was actually good as a rookie, and he's a guy that I really liked coming into the league. The problem is he's had these, these issues everywhere he's going. Yeah. It's entitlement, mm -hmm. which is, by the way... I, I'm going to say something, and I swear to God, I want this put on a t-shirt. Entitlement is the pandemic everybody wanted the Rona to be. Straight up. <laughs> Entitlement and stupidity are the real pandemics. Mm -hmm. I think that would look really good on a nice, dark shirt, light writing. You know, just throwing that out there. We know a guy. I'd wear it that. every day. We do know a guy, and he's fantastic. 
Good point. I'll, I'll, I'll make it. the call. Thank you, Kevin Vick. He said, shut the fuck up and eat your sandwich at the kids' table. Yes! <laughs> right! Nobody gives a shit about your feelings. We're trying to run yeah. a business here, and if you don't have a spot in the big boy locker room, you gotta suck it up, Buttercup, and earn your way back into the locker room. Yeah, see, it doesn't seem is... like there's enough of that going on in sports today. Where there's we... not enough of that going on in the world today. True. You know why? Because everybody has a social media account that gets 30 likes when they say something stupid. Right. I wish there was a fuck you button on social media. Like, you just hit it and go, uh, shut the hell up. And then you, then that person so was blocked. The for, smiley faces, you need the yeah, finger. Yeah, like just something that was, stop talking. Uh, you are on conversation probation for the next, oh, I don't know, two weeks. Right. We'll meet you for a fortnight. I like that. I idea. would love to have that button for all the, uh, all the Tom Brady hate I've seen over the last well, two There's days. a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think you've got me blocked because you haven't commented on any of my Tom Brady hate. Oh, really? Yeah, because I hate Tom Brady. Have you been one of these slinging out there that Tom Brady hasn't had any uh, signature moments in the no, playoffs, no, so he's that, not good? No, because that person's stupid and I'm not. Okay, yeah. thank you. If you can, honest to God, say, if you can look yourself in the face and go, Tom Brady is overrated. Yeah. I am a Jets fan, and, I'm st and I will still look you dead in the eyes and go, you need to see a doctor immediately. Uh-huh. Because your brain has leaked out of your ears at some point, and it is no longer where it's supposed to be residing. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing was about the defense and how the Tampa Bay defense played this weekend. And, oh, they bailed out Tom Brady. He didn't look good. And has he ever won a legitimate game? Look at all of these, uh, all of these premier quarterbacks from history have these moments like, John Elway has the or uh, yeah the dive into the into the end zone in the Super Bowl and uh, Joe Montana has the drive and uh, and on and on and on. Tom Brady doesn't have one single moment. He's got six of them. <laughs> six. Like I get it that there's not that one big like hail mary play that you can go. That's Tom Brady's career. I, I would disagree. Uh, tough Is game. there? Uh, I, I'm going tough game. Oh well, yeah. That's, you yeah, told me that, and I immediately went, one of my indelible memories as a child is the Tuck game, because I was doing what I'm doing right now with the Buffalo Bills with New England. You've never been here. You're a division team, AFC East. Yeah, we're, yeah. Right. And little did I realize that 15 years later, uh, <laughs> there would be uh, no one with the last name Clinton that I didn't hate more than Tom Brady. Right. Didn't know that would happen. But how many drives? I mean, you, if you can't break it down into, you know, singular plays, how many drives have Tom Brady had? I mean, hell, by the entire second half of that Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons, dude was down 28-3 in a Super Bowl. Don't tell me he doesn't have any signature moments. Yeah, my, I agree with Jonathan Welch. He said my problem is all the bandwagon Buccaneers fans. They were True. all Pats fans last year. True. Yeah, I, I don't understand those people. I don't understand how you switch teams. I, I Like, I understand yeah. loving a player. But I am a Jets fan. There is nothing that's going to change that. Right. Nothing. No player can come or go. Mm -hmm. And I said it about Baker Mayfield. I would have just silently hated Well, I wouldn't have silently done shit. I don't silently do anything. <laughs> uh, I, I would have hated him very vocally until we got rid of him. Uh -huh. I'm still going to be a Jets fan because I fully believe that one day there will be a day where I get to see this logo holding a trophy. And that will be the greatest like moment ever. It is pretty good. And then I can die right afterwards. Uh, <laughs> and I probably will because I don't think you can drink that many Bud Lights and Fireball and live through it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hazard to your health if the Jets ever can win a Super Bowl. Uh, if the Jets ever win a Super Bowl, I can see the headlines now. And I promise you, they're worse than anything you can send on a cell phone. You remember, you remember the greased up guy from Family Guy? Yeah. God, I hope the Jets never win a Super Bowl. Total road, full speed. <laughs> what up? He's going to go slip sliding. Dead sprint sliding across Just... Total Road. <laughs> it, is, it is quite fun. Uh, if anybody, we, we missed, uh, what, what, what is it you call uh, Viewer's Choice Day? Uh, Threadbare Thursday. Threadbare Thursday. We missed that Thursday because we had like a whole lot of things to talk about. Right. So uh, if you have a topic you'd like us to, to discuss, throw it in the uh, comments. We'll do a Threadbare Tuesday. Yeah. And we'll do another one of these on Thursday. I don't. I, I really don't mind all the bandwagon fans from the Patriots because I mean they followed their team. 
I mean, is it not obvious that Tom Brady was the New England Patriots? Yep. I mean, that's that's the one thing that this year has proved that Brady and Belichick that was a you know that was that was a magical marriage that lasted for a long, long time. You separate the two, I think it's clear where we're at. Mm-hmm. You've got Belichick left with a shell of a team and no quarterback, and they suck. And you've got Brady, who took the better opportunity and is now in the NFC Championship game. More NFC Championship appearances since 1997 than the Dallas Cowboys. It's still my favorite stat of the last two days. <laughs> uh, I also enjoyed yesterday someone uh, posted up, uh, don't tell me that Tom Brady's great. He's been in the league for 20 years, and this is his first NFC Championship game. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope that was some Of really, course it was. Of course it was. You snark. say of course because, it was. Ah, you know. <laughs> well, at least that was, that was how I read it. Because all of the hatred that I've been seeing of, oh, Tom Brady's overrated. Oh, okay. Keep telling yourself that. And when he pulls out some magic this weekend against the Green Bay Packers, don't be surprised. Because it's Tom Brady. He'll find a way. He seems to always find a way. And that's why everybody hated him in New England. And the New England fans had to follow him. Because their team sucks now. Real bad. Look, when, you, when you've been a fan of a team that's been so downtrodden after all, you know, over, over the years, yes, there was the one, the one great Super Bowl year, but then it just completely fell apart after that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with bandwagon fans jumping on. You, Just don't you, try to tell me you've been here for the hard time. You want me to tell you my favorite stat about Tom Brady since you mentioned the the Dallas Cowboy things? Yeah. How many losses did Tom Brady have in his career? How many losses does mm-hmm. he have in his career? Twenty one years. How many losses does he have? God, I don't know. A hundred and. It's 69. Jesus Christ. The Cleveland Browns have 69 losses since December of 2014. <laughs> that's with a five-loss season. Pretty damn year. good. Pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. That's that's my favorite stat. I'm a, a big fan of that one. Does now, two ooh, things. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, it pads my Tom Jets. Brady argument and digs, uh, digs Baker. No, now do the Jets. It's way longer. Oh, okay. It's way longer. <laughs> We had a lot of eight win, or eight, eight and eight, seven and nine win yeah. seasons in there. We would go back to like twenty ten. Oh, okay. It's more fun with the the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. All right, all right. And by the way, uh, fuck the- you for trying to steal my thunder. <laughs> you tried to turn my own little. You tried to turn my own little joke on me. Well, you know, I mean, you could have used my team as well. Uh, <laughs> I would have allowed. I, I, I could any of that. It also wouldn't have been as funny. No. Not so much. Yeah, check on the porters today. Anybody you know that's porter, that's... Check on them. That, check, that yeah. The shit's going sideways for them. Right. Not going well. The porters are not doing well at the moment. I will say, just to, to switch gears here, yeah. I will laugh at Carolina Panthers fans. The sheer fact that Ian Rappaport tagged you in a, in a comment about Deshaun Watson... I, like, every Carolina Panthers fan right now is on the brink of losing their shit. Okay. And if you don't believe me, look at the comments. Deshaun Watson's coming to Carolina. All right, let me. I have to. I have to be. You know, Uncle Jeremy has to come in here and be the voice of reason. What the hell are you going to give them? You just remember, you you're competing with the Jets and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. The Jets who have four first rounders in the next two years. The Dolphins who have three, and both of theirs are in the top three this year. Please explain to me how that's going to happen. Oh, we've got. And I've heard this a lot over the last few days. We've got eight. And Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they would have zero interest in Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Less than zero. Oh, we got PJ Walker. We can, we can uh, send again, him over. Again, less than zero. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the, what this is. This is a two horse race for Deshaun Watson. It's And he's going to end up in the AFC East. He's either a Jet or he's a Dolphin. That's it. There are no other solutions. And unfortunately, I. Don't really like either alternative. You don't like either alternative. The more I've thought about it, the more I don't want to trade what it would give up to get Deshaun Watson. Because you got to understand, pay it. And now there is one huge caveat here that nobody seems to be talking about. And I don't understand why. Okay. You do realize how good of a value Deshaun Watson's going to be, right? Mm-hmm. What's his highest cap number if he's traded for the team that receives him? 
I have no idea. $31 million. That's, in five years, that's his highest cap number. That's pretty good. You know why? Because the guaranteed money doesn't convey. Mm -hmm. the, the Texans are still on the hook for that. Yep. So he's going to be a great, uh, I, I shouldn't say great value, $30 million to $30 million. It's going to cost a lot. I've completely changed my tune on this in the last two days, just solely because there are too many teams that want him. At some point, and I don't think Deshaun Watson's the guy that says, I will only go here. My argument yesterday was if he says, I only want to go to the Jets or I only want to go to the Dolphins, it completely kills all the leverage because you gave him a no trade clause. Right. So, oh, we work out this whole deal with San Francisco. And he goes, oh, we don't want to play in San Francisco. Well, okay, there goes that. Uh, no more talking about that. But the more I think about it, I think Deshaun Watson just wants out. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he really even, I mean, he obviously wants to be, he wants to be in a, somebody said Christian McCaffrey in a pick. Please stop that. <laughs> First of all, Christian McCaffrey is not a net positive here because you're paying him a shitload of money. Mm -hmm. He's under contract for a lot. Yeah, you have to understand that running backs making $15 million, I don't give a damn how good they are. They're mm -hmm. not net positive. Mm -hmm. I'll give you 50 examples off the top of my head. This is a two-horse race. Do you disagree with anything I've said here? No, I don't. I don't see Deshaun Watson ending up in Carolina. Because I also don't think he wants to hemorrhage the franchise. I think he still loves the city of Houston, and I think he's still a good kid. Mm -hmm. And I think he looks at it and goes, I, it's not going to be me, and, and I'm ready to move on, but I, I don't want to kill the franchise. So I'm not going to hold you hostage by saying I'm only going to go here. Mm -hmm. Then I think the Jets and Dolphins come forward with offers, and nobody, and nobody else in the league can touch it. He's probably given them a list. According there's, to everything I've heard, he has not. There's probably a list somewhere. Alexander said the Patriots. Here's the thing. You have no shot. No. The Patriots have zero shot. You're killed against the cap. Even if you did it, it would take, uh, with where New England picks, it would take five first-round picks. Mm -hmm. And you don't have a young quarterback to send them because I promise you that if you think they have no interest in Christian McCaffrey, mm -hmm. their interest in Cam Newton would be uh, drastically less. Yeah, You're right, Kevin Vick. I mean, David Tepper, he is the go-get-it guy. He is a, I see something, I want it, I'm going to have it. I mean, there's a billionaire hedge fund guy who, when he sees an opportunity to win, he's not going to take no for an answer. The problem is... You don't have a package that you can give. That's the point. You, there's there's not one that's going to be a good value for them. I mean, unless he says sell the farm. I don't know what sell the farm means. Well, and that's the problem is that if you sell the what, farm, you have to have, I, I want to say this in the, the right way. For you to sell the farm, every team has a farm. Mm -hmm. Five picks that are, in the, that are from 16 to 25, that's fine. And that's a good offer. The Jets and the Dolphins have two and three mm -hmm. in a really good draft yep. that they can get immediate return on the investment mm -hmm. so that next year, week one, they can go tangibly, this is what we have on the field that you should be buying tickets, you should be showing up, and you should not be booing us off the field. Yeah. You also have to remember they have to hire a coach. And currently, this is the worst job in the NFL, and it's not even close. I mean, I don't even know who two is. What's the second worst job in the NFL? Second worst job in yes. the NFL? I would argue it was open this year. The Lions? No, I would say it's the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, the Atlanta Falcons. I would say Atlanta is the second worst job in the league, and it is light years ahead of where the Texans are. And now you're talking about trading your franchise asset, and you're not going to have J.J. Watt. I, I don't know why nobody else is saying this but me, but you're not going to. Right. There's no tangible path. All right, let's say they trade Deshaun Watson. You do realize this is a net negative for them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if they trade Deshaun Watson, he he costs them more than he saves them. Yes. For a year. Then it comes off the books, and, you know, it's all hunky-dunky from there. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a disaster team no matter what. And I, and I think Deshaun Watson knows that. I think he's looking around going, I'm 25 years old, and I'm attached to a franchise for the next five years that has no prayer of getting better. Would they take quantity over quality? If the no. Carolina Panthers came and said, we'll give you eight this year and we'll give you ones for the next four years after that, would they take the quantity of no. picks over taking number two from the Jets and Sam Darnold? Uh, no. They wouldn't. No. I don't, I don't think they would either. But, I mean, that's what selling the farm would be. Selling the Unless you're talking about getting rid of players that you already have and are, he's going to gut the whole team, how's he going to win if he does that? 
you see what I'm saying? You're, you're caught in this catch-22 of let's sell the farm to win now. You can't sell the farm and win now. This is too hard of a league Here's to win. Here's the thing, and, and I know that the, 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 trade val- the Jimmy Johnson trade draft value chart is not a hard, fast rule. Do you know what the difference is between two and eight on that chart? If you subtract eight from two, do you know what the difference in value is? Uh, six. Twelve. It's the twelfth pick in the draft. To get up from eight to two, you have to give up twelve, which obviously you're not going to have, but that, uh, that's my point. You're basically the difference in value here between what the Jets and Dolphins have and every other team in the league that would be interested in this. Because let's face it, the Falcons don't have the money. The, the uh, Bengals have Joe Burrow. Philadelphia's got Wentz and Hurts. Detroit stuck with Matt Stafford for another year. Carolina would be the next solution. Mm-hmm. The difference here is another high-end first-round pick. That's the difference in the two ones. That's the reason I'm telling you. There are two destinations here. He winds up, If he gets traded, uh, I want to say this differently. There are three teams that Deshaun Watson could play for next year. Okay. Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets. There is no other answer. San Francisco's out. San, what are you going to get? All right, so you got 12. You're going to get fir- five first-round draft picks for him? No. Yeah. And they'd have to take Garoppolo, who I got news for you, they don't want. That's another tie to New England that they're at this point you're trying to bail water to get away from New England right. as quickly as you can. Right. And everybody'll say, oh Cesario, Cesario, I get that. Currently the Houston fan base is blaming New England for the fact they're going to lose Deshaun Watson. You bring in a guy that's as closely tied to New England as Jimmy Garoppolo and see how that works out for you. That's a good point. Would hiring Eric Bieniemy be enough? To, to keep, keep Deshaun Watson in no. town and keep him happy. No, now it would be pandering, in my opinion. And I'm looking at this like I, I'm looking at this like I was the agent for Deshaun Watson. At this point, if you hire Eric Bieniemy after you made such a deal about not interviewing him in the first place, you're pandering to me. I don't want you to pander to me. I want you to be better. Don't be sorry. Be better. That's it, it, that's it. And now you're pandering to me to hire the coach I want to try to appease me. That's like patting. It's like patting your dog on the head after she tore up the carpet. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Right. And I'm not comparing Sean Watson to a dog. It was an analogy. But it, no, I don't think it's. I don't think there's anything they can do. Mm-hmm. And the reason that people are reading the tea leaves with the Jets is because Rob Salah was one of the guys that he wanted them to interview. Mm-hmm. I got news for you. Rob Salah didn't want to interview. He didn't want to interview for that job. I have that on good authority from somebody that's talked to him. He did not want to interview for that job. The Jets' job was the primary job on the market for him. Mm-hmm. Two was the Chargers. And from there, he really did. I mean, he interviewed with everybody else. He didn't want the Lions' job. Mm-hmm. The Lions got killed for not hiring him. He didn't want it. Somebody else would have had to have been hired by the Chargers and the Jets before he went, okay, I'll settle for the Lions. And that's his hometown team. Right. I think a lot of people get lost in, in what people actually want. They think that just being offered something is guaranteed that you're going to take it. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, Eric Bieniemy wouldn't take the Houston job now. I firmly believe that. If they offered it, I think you'd say no. I don't know about that. I, I don't know that at this point Eric Bieniemy wouldn't look at it and go, I need to take any job that I can get. I, I disagree. And if the Houston Texans are willing to wait until after the Kansas City Chiefs are done winning another Super Bowl, then I think at this point you got you got to break the door down at some point. Right, uh, and there has that's the that's been the reason that Eric Bieniemy hasn't had a job yet. Yeah, and I and I, I need to say this just because there's been a lot of talk about oh look at that. Eric Bieniemy's not getting a job because team keeps going to the Super Bowl. Right, uh, this is not the first coach that's done this. Just let that be known. You can make this more than it is all you want to, and I understand that it's it's not a good look for the NFL that the only minority hiring we've had is Rob Salah. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand. I 100 understand that. Here's my problem. Eric Bieniemy is, to me, one of the top two or three candidates on the market. You're not going to wait till the middle of February to hire your coach. The NFL, you want to fix this rule, and you talk about old, and I've read so many of these between Adam Schefter and, and all these other guys, of the NFL is, is disappointed that the owners aren't listening. No, it's not that. It's that the guy we would want to hire is on a team, and I can't hire him. Mm-hmm. Do you understand how all of this works? All right, let's, let's, I'm a Jets fan, so I know, I, I, I'm a little bit more closely tied to this team. That's the only reason I use them as an analogy so often. Rob Salah came in a week ago. Do you realize how much acclimation there is between right now and the middle of March when you start signing free agents? 
you have a whole scouting department here that's been scouting for Adam Gase and Greg Williams and uh, all of these other guys. You got to get Rob Salah in the building to explain to the scouts what is it I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You have to do that over the course of six weeks, and then you have to go sign free agents. And you understand you got Joe Douglas that's never met the man. So he knows what he's seen on tape. He knows as much as I do. And now he's got him in the room to explain it. You really think that there's such a difference between coaching candidates that you're going to wait an extra three weeks to do that? No. I don't care who it is. I have it on good authority. The same, the, the, same, the L.A. Chargers haven't done that in a while. We're going to hire Brian Dayball. I, I, I said that weeks ago, what, a week yeah. and a half ago? Yeah. yeah. I have it on good authority. That was the hire. Then they beat Baltimore. And they looked at it and went, best case scenario, we're a week and a half behind, or we can just hire Brandon Staley right now. Mm-hmm. And we think they're super close. Staley's a young guy. We like what he brings to the defense, and he will bring in an elite, probably older offensive mind to run his offense. Mm-hmm. There's no nepotism here. There's, nepotism would have been hiring Dayball. Right. And, and so I've heard this whole narrative of why Eric Bieniemy's not getting jobs. It's very simple. Because he's too good. Mm-hmm. Because he's too good of a candidate. His team's too good, and he stays in the playoffs too long. And I don't know, to answer Adam Black's question in the comments, I don't know if he's a bad interviewer or not. I don't know. I've heard that, I but don't... I'll be honest with you. That you have to be careful with that, because the guys that would know are not going to tell you that. Right. I mean, I've talked to these guys. I, have, I mean, I, some of my sources are beat writers for these teams that talk to these GMs every day. They don't tell me that. So I really struggle to believe they're going to talk to somebody that has a bigger fan base than I do. Mm-hmm. I struggle to buy that. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's a he doesn't interview well. I think at this point these teams need a reason to not hire him. And they don't want to say, we're, we're at this point in the world where you can't say the truth. You can't speak the problem. The problem is I don't want to wait three weeks to hire my coach. And if Troy Vincent and the NFL want to fix this problem, it's a very simple fix. College football does this every year. Let them hire the guy. It, because I'll be honest with you, Eric Bieniemy would have gotten a job in this cycle had you been allowed to do that. Yeah. And you run it exactly like college does. Mm-hmm. He stays with his team. That, and trust me, he's competing for a Super Bowl. There's not going to be, you know, you can balance two things at one time, I promise. Right. If Dan Mullen could do it, I promise you Eric Bieniemy can do it. You let them take over the team. You get the guys in the building that know what he wants. And those guys start putting together the free agent plan, the draft plan, looking at the scouting boards and doing all that. You do that, and I promise you, you will have... I'm not going to say you will have fixed this problem of the inability to get minority coaches hired in the NFL. I'm not going to say that's going to fix the problem. I mean, at the end of the day, you still got 80-year-old white guys making this decision. So, right, yeah. you know, sorry, that's... I, I, I don't know what you want me to do about that. Right. I'm just commenting on it. I'm just... You know, I'm not making the decision. Mm-hmm. If it were up to me, my two favorite candidates in this cycle were Rob Salah and Eric Bieniemy. So please tell me how I'm part of the problem. Right. And I've heard that because of what I just said. <laughs> Sorry, that's a We're little too, tangent. That's right. a tangent I've been wanting to go on for about oh, five days, and yeah. I feel better. Yeah, well, it's because the, this this narrative is sneaking back up again. Of these guys aren't getting jobs because there's a, a ceiling that they haven't broken through in the NFL. In Eric the Enemy's case, I didn't see it last year, and I don't see it now. It's not a race thing. It's the guy can't interview for a job, and that's why he doesn't have one right well, no, now. No, no, no. He's interviewed for a job. They can't hire but I'm, him. Well, that's what I meant. If he, they were he allowed, can't complete the process. And, and I'll put it this way. I, and I'll tell you, this is I've heard this directly from beat writers of these teams. There are two teams in the NFL that really wanted to hire Eric Bieniemy, and they knew they weren't going to lose. Mm-hmm. They knew. I can sit here and wait, but then I'm probably going to lose my second choice. That's the reason the Chargers hired Brandon Staley. Brian Dable was their first choice. Mm-hmm. But they knew if he wins, we're three weeks out. And we will lose Brandon Staley before then. Yep. Because, it, all right, let's say you go all the way to Dable and then Dable changes his mind. Oh, I just don't want to do it. Oh, now what do you do? Mm-hmm. What, what do you do now? These coordinators are not going to be as apt to leave in the middle of February. I'm not saying a guy won't do it. Mm-hmm. saying you're probably not going to get your first choice. Right. And this will look like Tennessee's hiring uh, process, and you'll wind up with Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. We're only three months away from the NFL draft. I heard somebody yeah. say that this morning, and I went, oh, yeah, yeah that is that is the timetable. Yep. <laughs> it's like we're, we forget how time existed before the, the coronavirus thing. And now, yeah, you, it's 
it's a very short time period to get all your ducks in a row. Yep. So it's important to get on it as soon as you can. I, you know, and Eric the Enemy's gonna get a job at some point. 100%. At some point, he's, he's gonna been be offered elevated. jobs. He's turned mm-hmm. them down. Mm-hmm. He got offered the Colorado head coaching job last year. Mm-hmm. He's an alumni of. He's one of the greatest players in Colorado history. They offered him the job. He said no. He wouldn't take that step back though. He's got he's got bigger fish to fry. And I understand that, but there's a, this narrative that no one will hire him as a head coach because right. he doesn't interview well. Well, right. bullshit. He's been offered two jobs and turned them both down. All right, Michael Whiteside is asking, what do you what what do you think about uh, San Francisco being able to draft Trey Lance at twelve? I firmly believe Sam. It, 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 there are two paths for San Francisco quarterback. One of them is to draft one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be Trey Lance. Trey Lance doesn't fit that scheme for one. For two, I don't think he's NFL ready enough to be to do what he's going to be asked to do. They're not going to draft a quarterback and put him behind Jimmy Garoppolo. If you draft a quarterback, Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's probably going to New England, and that's you know just reading tea leaves. That's where I thought Garoppolo ends up the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think you either trade up to get Zach Wilson because he does fit that offense wonderfully. I have long said I think San Francisco is the dark horse to trade up to with the Jets. That's the one that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. You trade up, you get future assets, and you get the guy you want. And, and I think Zach Wilson, and I'll explain this more as we go through the draft process, I like Zach Wilson better on the West Coast than I like him on the East Coast. Okay. I just do. Uh, I don't think it would be Trey Lance. I think it would either be uh, Zach Wilson or possibly a trade-up to get Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Fields could fit because he is multiple and he does have that dual threat ability and he can run. And I like him in that zone scheme that, that Shanahan runs. And Trey Lance, I just think, is too far away to be asked to – whoever you wind up with is going to have to start week one. Justin Fields is ahead of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I don't like him starting week one, but I like it markedly better. Jeremy only likes to hang on to goats in uh... – <laughs> I swear to God, if somebody has a stuffed goat. We're getting goats. If you have a stuffed goat that you would like to see uh, featured on this lovely table in front of us, uh, direct message me. I will get it on here, and I swear I will give you credit for it being your goat. Jeremy and I will use it a lot. Jeremy says you need to be clairvoyant. You need to be able to figure out immediately whether your guy is your guy, and you only hang on to the best of the best if you're an NFL team. And I don't know. I, I still feel like... Chasing after a quarterback in the draft. Well, no, see, you, it's hard. See, you overvalue what it is that I'm saying. It's I, I'm not saying that you have to chase after a guy. Okay. I'm saying you don't pay a guy that you know is not the guy. Mm-hmm. And we have a hundred examples of why. Yep. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Ben Roethlisberger, on and on and on. If you pay that big deal to the guy that's not the guy, you just guarantee you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I swear to you, I, I went back and listened to, to our shows before the season started. Yeah. Yeah, you know what all four teams that are still left have in common? What? They had 11-plus wins in my mock-up before the season started. Mm-hmm. All four of them. If you had told me I had to pick eight teams that could win a Super Bowl, I could have easily, easily, these four teams would have been in. Because but, of the quarterback. Because you have either an elite quarterback or mm-hmm. you're not paying one elite quarterback money. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's face it. And, oh, I'm, I'm going to get some Buffalo Bill hate on oh, this. Oh. Let's face it, Josh Allen has not consistently been the level of Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady. I, I, I mean, his good is fantastic. He's not the level of those three. But you know what they, you know what those three have in common that he doesn't? He's making $5 million this year, mm-hmm. which is why you were able to bring in Stephon Diggs and you were able to bring in, uh, you know, John Brown and Cole Beasley and all these other guys. You put weapons around him. The defense is really good because he's cheap. Mm-hmm. And three years from now when you have to pay him, guess what? You're probably not going to have those weapons anymore. So that guy better be pretty damn good. Baker Mayfield. has been my argument with him forever. Baker, May- Baker Mayfield is the definition of mediocre with arguably the best weapons in the NFL. Between Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. I would say that's the best. Starting two wide receivers, tight end, two running backs in the NFL. I don't think a team can touch that. No. He's been mediocre as hell. So what happens when you don't have those weapons? Name me a receiver that he's made better. There is one. Richard Higgins. That's the one. That's the (laughs) only one. That's the only receiver he has ever made better, and it's because they just have a great rapport. Mm -hmm. 
But now you've made him so good that you got to pay him too. Now Higgins is a six, seven, eight million dollar receiver because he's been better with Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me right now, all right, let's say you, you get to keep three of these mm -hmm. with Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper, and Richard Higgins. You think Baker Mayfield is going to get better? Really? You, you take away Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., you think he's going to get better? No. No. That's the reason you don't pay that guy. Mm -hmm. I would rather have that league average quarterback, whether it's Case Keenum, uh, uh, we, we did this the other day of guys that have won Super Bowls, Nick Foles, uh, Joe Flacco. Flacco. I would rather have those guys in their prime that are cheaper and build the weapons around him than have mediocre Baker Mayfield with mediocre weapons. Right. Because that's going to be a mediocre product. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, but at some point, they all become high-priced quarterbacks. At some point, But not to the level. Not to the level of what Baker's about to get. Baker's the home run swing because right now he's the one that's, you know, the options do this year. He goes $25 million in a year. Mm -hmm. So, and then if you extend him, he's going to be at $35 million. Right. And I got news for you. $35 million Baker Mayfield will never win nine games in this league. You mark my words, you remember I said that. Mm -hmm. Because the weapons around him will be so mediocre that the fact that he is that mediocre, now he's your best player. Yeah. I mean... It's, it's like drafting players. All right, All right. I'll put this in a fantasy football analogy. Okay. All right, so it, let's say you take a mediocre player in round one. Well, guess what the rest of your team's going to be? Uh, mediocre mm -hmm. because you don't have a star. You you had the opportunity to star and you bypassed it to pay a mediocre quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's the same basic principle. You cannot pay all of these guys at the same time, and that's honestly it's my problem with Deshaun Watson too. Now finding out, you know, realizing how how much money comes off because of trade kickers and things like that, I feel a little better, and I think that's going to yield Houston getting more of the offer that. Everybody else thinks they're going to get. I still don't think it's going to be three ones and a young quarterback. I mean, but at thirty million dollars, I mean, he's a value. You're getting a top five, top seven quarterback in the league at thirty million dollars because I, I will just think about where the contracts are going. I, and I understand that, but here's the problem, and, and this is something that nobody seems to be taking into account. Okay, the cap's coming down. Mm -hmm. So now you're that thirty million dollar deal. The thirty million dollar deal was signed when the cap was one hundred ninety two million dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's going to be one hundred seventy five. Mm -hmm. So now you're talking about that is a little under a sixth of your cap space. Mm -hmm. Is it a value? Yeah, but it's not as much one as you as you think it is. The the, the teams that are going to get killed are like Mahomes. Kansas City's going to look markedly different three years from now, and you're going to see how hard it is to be a dynasty. Now, I think Mahomes is good enough to keep that team at 10 and 6, 11 and 5 without Tyreek Hill or without Travis Kelsey. But it's not going to be the year in, year out. They're a shoe in to be in the AFC Championship game. Right. I mean, nobody with an IQ above salad dressing that did uh, predictions before the year didn't have the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. Fact or fiction? Fact. Why? Because they're damn good. Because you have the best quarterback in the league, you have the best tight end in the league, you have a top five wide receiver. And then you got all these little ancillary pieces. When Pat Mahomes is counting $45 million against your salary cap, that's not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. All those things have to go away. That's the, it's the competitive balance of the NFL. And so, yeah, I do have – I have issues with Watson between what he costs to acquire and then what you have to pay him. I don't think this is the slam dunk that everybody else thinks it is. All right, look at the Dolphins, for example. Let's say the Dolphins have to give a 318 and a 1 next year to get Watson. Okay. Where are you getting a receiver from? Now you got Devontae Parker. Picks. Huh? With any of those picks. No, 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 no. Where do the Dolphins get a, a oh, receiver Oh, where do the from? Dolphins get a receiver? Yeah, because now you don't have that ability to put elite talent around him. Mm -hmm. You have that with Tua. And I'm going to level with you. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, and, and I have been a, a massive Tua detractor, if you're telling me I can have Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith, Travis Etienne, and whatever next year's one brings me, mm -hmm. at five years of team control, I, I would rather have that than, than Deshaun Watson and Albert Wilson. Agreed. I would, I would. I would rather have that than pay Deshaun Watson $30 million to throw to Preston Williams. Mm -hmm. I would greatly agree with that. 
do you do you feel the same way about your Jets? That's the question. I think that's closer, but still, yeah, kind of. I mean, I would rather have Sam Darnold throwing to. I'll use the same analogy: Devonte Smith with Najee Harris in the backfield, and you know whatever that pick brings next year, with the ability to keep, you know, Jamison Crowder at what he makes. I would rather have Sam Darnold throwing to that than have Deshaun Watson throwing to Brashad Perriman. Problem with the Jets is, though, they're going to have to pay Sam. And see, that's the thing. You're going to have to pay Sam, and I would much rather pay Deshaun Watson but it's the $30 million dollars than, pl- than play, pay Sam the $25 yeah, whatever it's going to be. You'll only pay Sam 25 for a year. Unless Sam Darnold is incredibly good over the next two years, they're not going to pay him anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you could be in the situation where you're one of these teams trying to tra- to trade up to get a quarterback because you already have the pieces around them, and Darnold can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or Darnold winds up being a guy that can do it. And I'll put it this way. There are more solutions where the Jets wind up good long-term, and the Dolphins. I feel this way about both. There are more solutions where those two teams end up good by not trading for Deshaun Watson than there are solutions where they end up good by trade for Deshaun Watson. Good, but not competing for a Super Bowl. Correct. Deshaun so Watson, you, Deshaun but, 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 Watson but why, will make you that team that can get to the second week in the playoffs. But why would you want to do that? Isn't this the argument that we had yesterday? Why would you ever want to do that? That's why my, you that's my point. I'm, I, I'm looking at this as a Jets fan going, this is not the home run that everybody thinks it is. Jet fans right now are losing their shit. You know, it's trending. You know, trade for Watson and Deshaun in New York. And, okay. and I'm looking at it going, oh, hold on, pump your brakes. This is going to put you in a – will you be competitive? Yes. Do I think you can build a Super Bowl roster around that with what it takes to get him plus what you have to pay him? No. So they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. No, because I think there's a solution that with – I mean, this requires Donald to be markedly better or whoever the next quarterback is to be markedly better. I see a path where that team could become Super Bowl relevant because it's the hand that I don't know. And I would personally, I would rather do that. You don't believe as Deshaun, a Jazz fan, wait. I would rather keep the two ones this year, the two twos next year, and we will figure out the quarterback. Wait, you don't believe that Sean, Deshaun Watson is a quarterback who can win a Super Bowl? I didn't is say that, that. Is that what I'm? Stop putting words in my mouth. No, that's no, not what I'm, I said. I'm, I'm, no, I said listen, in this listen, situation. Listen, listen. I'm just, I'm just trying to follow the path here. There's no quarterback that can win a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl by them fucking selves. Oh, if I the Jets that. trade four first rounders to get him, you're fucked. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Let me put it in more layman's terms for you. Can Deshaun Watson win a Super Bowl? Yes. Can he win one with the New York Jets as currently constructed with what it would take to get him? No. And I feel the same way about the Miami Dolphins. Does, does that explain it a little better? That's a, yeah. But If you have to give up three premium draft capital mm-hmm. assets and pay this guy $30 million, I'm out. I don't, give a fuck who, I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't care how good he is. I'm out. That's not how you build teams. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. It's not. There's a re- I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. How did you build this team? Because you had Pat Mahomes on a deal that was cheaper than dirt for four years. And guess what? It's going to erode. Mm-hmm. In the next few years, it will erode. You will lose Tyreek Hill, you will lose, or you will lose Travis Kelsey, yeah. and you will lose the Tyron Matthews and all the ancillary pieces that make you a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. You, there's no choice, especially now that the cap's come down $17 million. Can Deshaun Watson win a Super Bowl? Yes. He needs to do it with a team that is built around him. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be instantaneous. If he's traded, I'll go out on a limb. If Deshaun Watson is traded, he will not win a Super Bowl, no matter who the team is. I don't care. He will not win a Super Bowl during this contract. I believe it would be the better deal for the Jets in your scenarios that you've thrown out here to go with the proven product rather than hope that Sam Darnold comes into something. Unless I'm being offered number one for Trevor Lawrence, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson. I think that's where I'm settling on this thing. And when you're looking at the, you know, the Miami Dolphins are a little bit of a different situation because they have a quarterback that they have under control for a while. But the see, problem that's the with thing. the Jets you is have they to don't. build that team, and that's the thing. That's the, that's where a lot of people have, have said I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. No, I'm not. I think that I think Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than anything you're going to get in this draft, not named Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Period. Problem is you got to pay him in a year. So is there a is there a path? that I look at two and go, take the best quarterback, restart the rookie clock, and, and roll on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest with you, I would rather take Zach Wilson in a trade-down, trade-down to maybe five with Cincinnati, and take Zach Wilson there or even Justin Fields mm-hmm. and have four years to build a team around him 
as opposed to trying to throw Deshaun Watson and the team and patchwork shit around him. Right. Because that team becomes the Houston Texans as they sit right now. I'm hearing so many uh, teams thrown out there, Denver and Carolina and, you know, just all these teams that could be in the chase for Deshaun Watson. I agree with Jeremy. I think it's it's a three-team race. It's one thing to me. If, uh, all right, this is this is where I would I would not change my mind, but I would say there's a caveat. If two and three in this draft, which the Jets possess and the Dolphins possess, mm-hmm. is enough with another pick and a young player, let's say the Jets could go two, Seattle's one next year, and Sam Darnold, and get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. All in. If you're telling me I have to give up all four picks I have in the first two round in the first round of the next two years, plus Sam Darnold <coughs> to get this guy, I'm out. I think the structure because I can't put elite talent around him. I think that the structure of the deal you're talking about is is probably spot on. Now, I when think you get, it's a split of what I just said. Now, when you get lower, like the Carolina Panthers, Carolina, that's when you ta- get into five draft picks. That, that's what I'm saying. Is you're right. talking. That's the reason that I don't put any credence into any of those things. Mm-hmm. Because Carolina, it would cost you five ones. Yep. And so you're going to have, uh, all right, you've got DJ Moore. Oh, you got to pay him. Uh, you got Curtis Samuel, who's free agent this year. Mm-hmm. you got Robbie Anderson, who's paid for, who's under contract through mm-hmm. one more year. One more year. All right. Well, you got to pay all these guys at some point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'll have a year of Deshaun throwing to Robbie and and DJ Moore and maybe Curtis Samuel if you can get him squeezed down on the cap with with McCaffrey, and then it erodes immediately. Yeah, you are. And now it. you've got a patchwork offensive line and one or two weapons for him to throw to. Yep. And and I don't it, giving up that many picks doesn't make any sense. You got a thirty million dollar quarterback and a seventeen million run million dollar running back. But this is what I was trying to say Good yesterday. Luck. Yeah of this trade package that everybody thinks the Texans are going to get for Deshaun Watson. If, if you told me right now that, yes, I can guarantee you Watson is dealt between now and opening week next year. Okay. I will tell you, I think the deal looks a lot more like two or three this year from the Dolphins or the Jets. <clears throat> a second one, whether it's Miami's 18 this year or Seattle's, uh, one next year from the Jets, mm-hmm. a second rounder, and either two or Sam Darnold. That's what I think that deal looks like. And I'll be honest with you, at that, I think it's beneficial for both things. If you give up less than that, Houston got screwed. If you give up more than that, the team receiving Deshaun Watson can't build a competitive team around them. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think it's going to fall in, and people are losing their shit on, oh, the Jets are going to give up four ones in Sam. No, they're not. No, they're not. If that's the price, they're out. The Washington football team has made a big decision. They got a new GM, and it's Marty Herney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, my God. Man, they just never stop. Uh, You know, David Gettleman in New York and Marty Herney, they're like the little cockroaches that won't die. I don't don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Their GM stints have not been great. I can explain it. Okay, tell us. It's nepotism to the highest extreme. Yeah. It's, Marty Herney is an extension of Ron Rivera. Yes, he is. And Ron Rivera knows that. Mm-hmm. So he went to Dan Snyder and said, that's the guy I want making the decisions. Mm-hmm. That is the guy. That, that's the, I, I call this the Bill O'Brien rule. Because the guy pulling the strings here is Ron Rivera. Let's be really honest. Of course he is. Marty Herney is just an extension of that. Mm-hmm. This is the guy keeping Ron Rivera from going off the rails. Bill O'Brien did not have one of those guys in Houston to say, Hey, trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in a two is really stupid. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick hasn't had one of these for 15 years, which is why you wound up taking two tight ends in the first three rounds that combined for one catch this year. <laughs> That's all Marty Herney is. So hey, Washington fans are going to lose their shit this year. Here's the thing. Most of the bad things Marty Herney did, he did while Ron Rivera was gone. Yep. And he had been left to make the decisions to himself. Mm-hmm. This is basically GM in title only. And I don't give a damn what Daniel Snyder says. The guy pulling the strings here is Ron Rivera. Yes. And I also take in, you know, take into consideration the working relationship that Ron has with Marty. Um, he went in and demanded a guy that he's familiar working with. I mean, I don't know if he demanded him, but you you get what I'm saying. I would wager he did. Well, he went in and said, I'd really love to have Ma- Marty Herney be a part of this. We worked really well together. He focused on this, 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 and this, so I could focus more on the on-field stuff. Uh, all the things that have been going on this year with the Washington football team, with the with the name and the sex allegations against the owner, and just the turmoil around the team, 
uh, I've already forgotten Dwayne the quarter. Yeah, thank you. I've already forgotten his damn name. Dwayne Haskins and his, you know, putrid ass. I, like, I could see this being something that Ron Rivera went in and said, look, I was right about Dwayne Haskins and you wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. This is one of those times you're going to do what I want. Yeah. You got me to come here. I was the best coach on the market. And now you're going to give me what I want. Mm-hmm. I want a guy that knows what I'm after. And Marty Herney knows me. He's going to be an extension of me. Mm-hmm. He's really not the GM. That's his title. That's not what he is. He's going to handle the paperwork. Ron Rivera is the GM. <laughs> Marty Herney's the guy that makes sure the money works. Right. And, and keeps all of those things in control. He's basically the vice president of player operations. Okay. That's, that's what I think. I yeah. think this was Ron Rivera going... Listen here, you little Weasley shit. Daniel Snyder. Uh, I, I just went through a god-awful year because you stuck me with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, now we're doing things my way. Right. You wanted this culture to change. That's what you hired me for. Let me change it. Yeah. Bringing in Marty Herney, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with it. I think it's dumb. I think they should have gone uh, outside of the, the sphere to make this happen. But if this is what makes Ron Rivera comfortable to be able to run your franchise, he's been doing a really good job so far, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, going through cancer and dealing with all the other things. This this was a good. This, I mean, at the end of the year, this was a good football team, and it's got a great future with all of the defensive pieces that they have and all of that. So I'm going to trust Ron Rivera on this. But what the fuck, Washington football team? You <laughs> you honestly thought this was going to be the best idea moving forward? But there again. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe it will work out. Maybe Ron and Marty have a relationship like no other. I mean, this is the guy that gave him his head, you know, the head coaching job in Carolina. He was hired by Marty Herney. Then Herney got fired. Gettleman came in. Ron Rivera survived the Gettleman firing, and then they brought Mar- Marty Herney back. So I guess we should have really seen the, the tea leaves on this one. Yeah. Uh, the, I, and the, I agree. That Ron would, want, would have wanted Marty Herney to come and be his GM with the Washington football team. And um, I agree. My, I mean, that's the, the, at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable with the people that you're, that you're working with. Mm-hmm. So Marty Herney with Ron Rivera, and somebody, and it's been several comments ago now, he did build a Super Bowl roster in Carolina. Yes, he I did. Just remember that. Yeah. And that was It'll, with I Ron mean, Rivera. Left him in cap hell. Uh, uh, he did. And that Kevin Vick pointed that out. He's not exactly great at making the money work. No, but, he's not. Uh, I think there's something to be said for familiarity. And this is, and I'm again. I'm going to speak from the point of my team. Arranged marriages in this league don't work. We had Adam Gase and Mike McCagnan, and guess what? We're still paying for it two years later. Yep. Uh, Joe Douglas, I firmly believe, is one of the best personnel guys in the NFL. Oh, he's still paying for the fact we right prearranged Mike McCagnan with uh, with uh, uh, Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think this is as devastating. I made a lot of jokes about Marty Herney in the lead-in, I, you know, mainly to dig at a few of our Washington football <laughs> team fans, who I love so much. Uh, but I actually don't think it's a, I, if Marty Herney was going to get a job, this is where it should be. My big question is how much is he going? How much is that extension going to be for Antonio Gibson? Uh, oh, you got a long time. For that. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but this is what Marty Herney does. He gives out big contracts that may not be good for the future of the team. May make you relevant for a couple of years. It'll get you in that discussion, that danger zone that Jeremy doesn't like to be in of not not going to win a Super Bowl, but you're going to be in the discussion. Relevant. You're going right. to be in the purgatory of the NFL, which is 6-10, 7-9, 8-8, 9-7. I don't... <coughs> I see a lot better future than that for Washington football team. I, I was thinking think somewhere between nine and seven and eleven and five. I, I do too. And you I think they'll live, they'll live in that area, maybe strike hot once, uh, you know, and, and make a deeper run to the NFC Championship. Hell, might even get to a Super Bowl at some point. You got to have a quarterback. Yep. Uh, my, uh, my my revised mock draft will be coming out later today, by the way. Nice. Uh, with all okay. the, with all, the, I mean, a lot of the picks are going to be the same. I'm, I'm not going to say that they're not because no, I do three real mock drafts. I will keep releasing them until the playoffs are done to set the order, and it, it, none of my information has really changed. It's just a discrepancy of who could go where based on where draft picks fell in and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll put it out on at the Sportsocracy uh, on Twitter at Jay Green ESPN on my Twitter 
and then on our Facebook, uh, the Sportsocracy. You be sure to Later like, today. share, and follow the Sportsocracy on all of the social medias. We'll be with you this afternoon on ESPN Asheville, the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, every afternoon at 3 o'clock. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll talk about more of the uh, the Marty Herney situation. Uh, James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets as well. We've got to get into that discussion because uh, two games in, this thing's looking like uh, like the real deal. And Vegas is following along. They're bumping up uh, all of the odds for Brooklyn to make a deep, deep run uh, at the end of this season. So this afternoon, ESPN, Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. And I'll tell you why to not overvalue that just yet. <laughs> at the Sportocracy on all the social medias, like it, share it, and follow it. We'll be back with you live from the Wicked Weed studio. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Drink different. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. <laughs> See you around the block.